Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast, the audio version of our Facebook Live series, Art Talk Tuesday. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and I am so excited that you're here to catch the weekly replay of my laid-back yet very inspiring conversations with other full-time professional artists. The purpose of this series is to show aspiring artists like you that it is completely possible to make a great career out of this art thing. And if you ever want to join us live and have your questions answered in real time by myself or featured guests, then just hop over to facebook.com slash groups slash Artist Academy every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'll see you there. This episode is sponsored by the Artist Academy Advanced Membership, a program for artists who want to up-level their art game by taking it from a hobby or a side hustle to a full-time art business. I've been a professional artist for over five years with paintings in several different countries and a client list that includes high-profile companies such as Bass Pro, O'Reilly's, Duck Commander, and many, many more. So I figured out what it takes to build an art business, and now my heart is set on teaching aspiring artists like you to do the same. Go to advancedmember.com, that's advancedmember.com to learn more. This week's episode features California-based wildlife artist, Aime Hoover. I was so pleasantly surprised with how real Aime is and how she showed up with such honest feedback in this interview. And I asked her all the questions like, how do you get the majority of your sales? And what are the processes behind her dynamic, realistic paintings? And she lets us know everything from where she gets her reference photos to how she gets collectors coming back time and time again to buy her art. We also dive into her September 30-day challenge that she did for four consecutive years in a row. So every September, she would complete a painting every single day for 30 days. <laughs> and if that sounds daunting, just know that you're not alone in that thought. But also know that it is possible and the benefits that can come from committing to something like that, from showing up every single day and forming that habit and and completing that promise to yourself, the benefits can drastically outweigh the inconvenience. And Aime lets us in on what it's all about. But let me know what you think about this week's episode with Aime Hoover. I just want to take a second and just say I am a huge fan. And so I was a little nervous to uh, interview you. I was telling everybody, I'm like, I get to interview Amy Hoover today. And they're like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Um, well, I'm nervous, too. So we're both on the same page. <laughs> oh, don't be. Oh, my gosh. Everybody loves you. Okay. Um, okay. So if you just want to start off by maybe just telling us a little bit of your background and anybody who maybe lives under a rock and doesn't know who you are, maybe just <laughs> interview You have to us. stop with all that oh my oh, gosh <laughs> <laughs> okay um yeah just kind of tell us a little bit about how you got into art and your backstory okay sure um so let's see I was just one of those kids that always drew and instead of picking up another hobby later in life I just did it and so I've just been drawing and and later painting um and uh I didn't really have any big plans to be an artist it was something I did so early that it just felt like a part of me, not like a career hobby 
calling. It just was there, you know? And so, so because I was doing that a lot, I just, I got a lot of support from my parents. And so, you know, gifts would always be pads of paper or paints, you know, that kind of thing. Um, since I was really little and, uh, so yeah, I just kind of kept at it for a while, and then I went to um, Cal State Long Beach here in California and um, got just a general art degree. Like it, it literally says general art. It doesn't say fine art or anything. <laughs> it's um, not impressive at all. But I got my degree, and then um, and then I ended up at kind of kind of weird odd jobs after college, and I always painted on the side and. Eventually, I got a gig where I started learning graphic design on the job. And so then I became a freelancer, still painting on the side. And then eventually, I mean, like, eventually, like, years and years um, of kind of side hustling, I was able to make the switch to full-time painter. And that's kind of it in a nutshell. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> okay, so you have an art degree. And I think yeah. so a lot of the artists that I interview, it go, kind of goes 50-50 on the art degree kind of a thing. Um, and a lot of times yeah. in college, like, I, I have an art degree as well, too. But they, um, I feel like a lot of time in college, they kind of teach you how to paint, but maybe not how to do a painting business so much. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and um, I was talking to a friend of mine who – went to an uh like a really good art college and she has friends that went to our college and um i think she said that that there was one semester in the four years where they talked about anything outside of the technical painting bit that talked oh. about like galleries or anything like that but i mean just or actually it was not even a semester it's one class i was about to say yeah <laughs> yeah and um like i i used to joke like when i had my degree i'm like well what do i do now like who wants to pay me to paint something like that just seemed how do you do that you know i knew galleries existed and but i had no idea how to get into them um and so i was just painting for myself you know in really weird places like my living room when I had a roommate <laughs> and in my bedroom wall, um, I could practice sit on my bed and, and work. Um, and yeah, they don't, I don't feel like they prepare you very much. Maybe master's programs do. I've never took one. Um, but I, I had, um, Long Beach state is actually known to have a really good arts department. And, um, I actually didn't know that when I got in, got in it was very it was a wide opening <laughs> yeah but um yeah and it just it took me a really long time to get actual studio classes and so um I kind of wanted to quit every year I just thought this isn't for me at all and then I got art classes and then I started going oh okay like this is where I can thrive because political science was not my jam and or whatever other class I had to yeah. take um yeah, and I, I think that's something I always say, like, I wish, I wish schools, and maybe they do, I'm a little out of touch with that now, um, but they had, if you declared art or some sort of creative endeavor as your major, like, here are the parallel courses that you take to learn how to think more like an entrepreneur, like a freelancer who's going to be independent in the world. Um, because now, even though, even if you have your stuff in galleries, you, they, there's been a big shift where I know a lot of, um, gallery owners are actually looking for artists who already have 
themselves established on social media. There's oh. like, oh yeah. Like I've heard uh, three gallery owners say that right out of their mouth. Um, like they want them to have a presence, even if their art isn't well known. Um, because an artist's job now is not to just hand everything over to the gallery. It's really to promote themselves, to share work, to develop a presence, you know? And so, um, anyhow, I ended up kind of doing that just out of like kind of gut level, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I got on, you know, Twitter when it started. So I feel like I've, <laughs> I've been online for like, um, decades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you, you were on Instagram probably before Instagram was cool, huh? <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe. Um, yeah, but, uh, but unlike a lot of people, I don't have like a crazy amount of followers. Um, it's been kind of like an organic process. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think anything over 10K is a lot, is a good amount. Yeah. It's surreal. You can always, yeah, exactly. You can always compare to, like, those 100,000 follower people. But still, like, I mean, and it just goes back to the idea you only need, like, a 1,000 true fans, totally. you know? So and your tribe. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I just graduated from Missouri State, like, five years ago or so, and they um, – they didn't really have like a whole lot of art business. So I don't know that yeah. it's um, really uh, advanced a lot in that area. But I think about all the time, I'm like, maybe I should like petition them to like be like, hey, like, you know, just give like offer one class that shows them even like how to set up a website or stuff. But really, right. that's why I started this Artist Academy. We have like a, an advanced uh, membership where I like kind of mentor artists and show them that's how so to great. set up all that. But yeah, that stemmed from seeing that need in there. But I'm so curious. So you, um, I actually heard on a previous podcast, so I listened to another podcast you run, um, you did uh, advertisements in magazines back in the day. Can, can you? <laughs> Sorry, I say back in the day, but like it was like five, ten years ago maybe. <laughs> uh, it was longer than that. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, yes, back in the day. Because, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm going to date myself, but... <laughs> Yeah, so when I started, social media did not exist at all. None of it. Yeah. No Facebook, no nothing. And, um, you know, us old fogies would look at printed <laughs> yeah. magazines. Your experience is how I, I see it. I'm like, you are way more experienced. Right. Let's go <laughs> with that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so there was a I, – I, the first kind of iteration of my, I would say, career um, where I finally found something that kind of – stuck as subject matter I just started doing dog and cat portraits mostly dog portraits and there was um there still is a magazine called Bark Magazine and they're up in San Francisco and I used to love their magazine and um unlike um sorry dog fancy but unlike dog fancy it was like it was kind of like the New Yorker of dog magazines so it, it's beautiful articles it was just so well done and um they had I mean I think it must have been like an eighth of a page and it had, I had room for literally two sentences, a phone number, and an image. And um, in, like in all advertising, the whole repetition is, is key, right? You just don't put an ad in a magazine one time and then expect to get work. Um, it's kind of like we all need to see something a few times and kind of warm up to it before we actually make some sort of effort to yeah. learn more. And so... So I committed to something like six issues, um, which ended up being about a year. And um, after the first one, I got a painting that 
by a commission that paid for that one ad. And I thought, well, that's worth it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I think when I started, I, I think there was maybe two other, I mean, literally two other dog portrait artists in that magazine, two. <laughs> and um, then, I mean, now it's just like, you know, you can't swing a whatever without, <laughs> you know, <laughs> finding a really good dog portrait artist. There's so many out there. And so, so yeah, that's how I got started. I, I just kind of used what was at my disposal and um, really just won it. Like I, there was no plan. There was just like, let's try this. And it worked. And then I did more of that. And then I tried other things that didn't work and I stopped doing that, you know? Yeah, for sure. So what is, uh, what, what do you think your main stream of getting commissions is nowadays or even print sales or anything what do you think the main thing is it social media is it ads still I'm curious um so I haven't done an ad in a really long time that's a good question I should know the answer um <laughs> but I I do think that I think it's shifted over time and I think that now I think Instagram and and really just um current collectors, like people who have bought my work before, um, that's really important. Because um, I would have these kind of sales on these in September on all this work that was half off, and they were really low price. Um, and so I found a lot of people through that where they, I call it, <laughs> it sounds horrible, but it's almost like a little gateway drug, right? You get <laughs> a, small <laughs> a small painting, an original work of art for like half of what I would normally charge. And, mm -hmm. um, and it was great because I got to offer all this work. I found new collectors and, you know, a lot of times these, these collectors, I mean, I have the most awesome clients and, um, I would say that most, most people who buy a painting of mine buy a second or a third, um, which is a, you know, I'm honored that they yeah. want that much of my work in their home. <laughs> yes. But, um, but yeah, I think, uh, I would say the people who have been with me a while uh, definitely um, end up commissioning me um, a lot. And Instagram, I think, by far, of all social media, is the best bet for me. I noticed, um, I think the first time, I was actually shocked, the first time I posted a painting that was a couple years old and that had just had stuck around the studio for a little bit because it was a very specific subject matter that not everyone I don't think would enjoy and uh okay what is it I, wait I gotta ask wait a second all right I I it was it was a big hyena painting and so people have okay. a, I, I love hyenas but people have a, I was thinking it was an aardvark or something <laughs> yeah I have a warthog back a warthog back here that I'm sure will be with me for a little bit but um, but I, I posted this on Instagram and, um, at just a slight discount, I think it was a studio sale at the end of the year. And I had someone contact me who was not on my newsletter list and I had not met before or talked to before and they ended up purchasing the painting. And that was, was it last year or the year before? And that was the first time something like that had happened so directly, you know, and so quickly. And I just thought, my gosh, like this, this platform is is great because not not only did you know that I sold a painting but that a collector who loved hyenas found my hyena painting yes. you know like I mean because it, it it meant a lot to her and 
because they camp a lot and they had this really crazy experience with hyenas around their tent. And, um, you know, I would think that there's maybe not a lot of hyena paintings out there, but, um, but the fact that that worked well enough that, that Instagram kind of put us together. Um, yes. So I kind of see it as, you know, a lot can be said that's great about Instagram and a lot can be said where people are a little bit frustrated right now. But, um, but I do think it's, it's really great for like taking for the potential of, of taking like the art world counterparts, right? The person who creates the stuff and the people who are looking for the stuff. And I think it it does a pretty good job at putting, at least for me, putting us together. And so um, it's been a great platform for me. Yeah, I definitely, definitely agree. And a lot of people are like, oh, the algorithm right now. I'm like, no, (laughs) like, step up your game. Come on. (laughs) I was going to say, um, uh, I didn't always love math, you know, but I think it's really funny that we're all complaining about an algorithm. Like, I never thought that'd be something and I'd ever complain about that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's kind of no, ridiculous. Like, like, like when we were in algebra or whatever, and be like, "When are we ever going to use this?" Like, oh, it's like oh, people are the same homework as bugging everyone or something. That's funny. Um, so, how someone found your hyena painting? Did you hashtag it hyena painting, or did mm-hmm. yeah? Ooh, see, hashtags work, guys. Oh man, they they do. And I remember, um, I don't know, maybe a few years ago, like there were all these articles when Instagram started, they were like, don't use tons of hashtags because it looks desperate, you know, just oh. use nine, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm a hashtag whore. Like I, <laughs> I, I love that you said that. <laughs> but I mean, but I, and I do it because I'm trying, I'm trying to test out like how my work gets in front of the people who don't even know that they're looking for it yet. Yeah. You know, and it's just trial and error and you know, What's up, who is like the person who's out there who's looking for a hyena painting? What are they searching for? Yeah. That's my hashtag. You know, I yeah. try to think about what they'd be looking for. And yeah, so I, I use all 30 every post. <laughs> I want to be a hashtag whore too. <laughs> <laughs> I really know. I'm, I'm going to think about that now because I've like, I've slacked on using the hashtags lately. I'm like, I'll just post and put it up. But yeah, I need to get back on it. It's just kind yeah. of a good reminder. I'm going to be like that. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's a new, that's a new Facebook group right there. <laughs> uh, I love that you said that. I love it. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Um, well, I was just going to get into some questions too. Uh, what was the tipping point that took you from hobby to professional artist? Cause a lot of the artists in the artist Academy are still hobby artists and they're starting to get momentum, but they're not quite there. So I think the story that like when people take the jump, um, is mm-hmm. so in- interesting to a lot of people. Well, um, I, I kind of got a little push, but oh. it, it wasn't actually my choice. It was more like a kick off the cliff. But, um, <laughs> so, so I mentioned I was a freelance craft designer for a while. Um, actually, uh, when I learned graphic design from the other jobs that I was gainfully employed at, um, I got laid off like three times in a row. And then that's how I became a freelancer because I thought this whole corporate job is no safer than anything else. You know, yeah. it's not like this is safe and freelancing isn't. And so I ended up freelancing and I just steadily got um, jobs through friends and acquaintances and stuff like that. And then I had, um, I would say at one point, there was a company that probably made up about 50% of my entire income, one company out of 10. And, uh, and that work kind of fizzled up 
and a few other jobs I kind of let go because I, uh, I don't think we quite uh, jived. <laughs> and, um, and so when this, when this bigger job dried up, I had been painting, um, doing dog portraits on the side consistently, I mean, for probably five, six years. And that work seemed to be increasing um, because of those ads and other things. And uh, as that work kind of um, grew, the graphic design kind of dried up. And it was kind of like, you know, the universe was like, all right, um, so you just lost this huge client <laughs> and you've got to make up that income. Mm -hmm. And so I just thought, all right, they just put a fire under me to really go for the painting. And that's what I did. So I actually, I guess I made the decision, but I almost feel like the decision, decision was made and then I just had to run with it. Yeah. Um, but I, I like to, um, I think there's this really like great idea of like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to take the step. I'm going to leap. The net will appear, blah, blah, blah. And I think that's, I know. <laughs> and I think, I think that's good, you know, but I also think that I believe that if you have a stable job and you're doing this other thing that you like a lot more on the side, I always suggest that like, just hang on to that job you're not in love with for as long as you can stand it. And while you have that, um, really get serious, not serious, but like start developing a practice where you're serious about how much time you spend on your art, whatever that is. I don't care if it's just a half an hour every day, mm. but if you just, if you just like, you know, get consistent about it, because once you make that leap, if you have that, um, that kind of practice in place, it's going to make it easier and you're going to be already like a little disciplined to really go for it when it's a little baked in already, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, some people just like pull the ripcord, I'm out, drop the mic and then go to their easel full time. But I didn't do that because that scared the bitches out of me. Um, so, so yeah, I always just think like just stay as long as you can and develop this other thing so that when you do leave, you're more prepared. Yes, I love that you just said the, the the 30 minutes per day thing, too. When you were saying that, I was like, just that whole spiel, I was like, oh, yes, because we had this challenge <laughs> where um, in, in um, the, the beginning of the year where we do a 100-day challenge, and I challenge them to paint for 100 days at least 30 minutes a day because it builds up that dedication and just that um, the habit, like you said, and I'm like, oh man, I am going to screen record this and show them <laughs> when we do that. Also, yeah. I just want to say your, uh, 30 day challenge that you did in s September. Um, did you do it last year and not this year? Was that correct? Or did you do it this year? I did not do it this year. Um, but I did do it for four years in a row. So yeah. I got, I got my little college degree of September 3030s. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I, I d now when you say a hundred, like I just, woo, like <laughs> even having done 30 every year for four years, hundred is, that yeah. is an endeavor, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Our, our hundred, um, is mostly just like paint for 30, 30 minutes a day as if that's our hundred challenge. But yeah. in, in January we always do our, sorry, this is our second year. And it was actually inspired by you last year. Cause I saw oh. that you did. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, let's do it. And so me and a group, um, that I just started the artist Academy at the beginning of the year. And we did in January, we did, um, 31 days and a painting every day. And it was 
uh, partially inspired by you. And oh, how did since, I miss this? I have to go <laughs> check all the workout. That's so great. Yeah, we'll be. I actually made a separate Facebook group for that, and yeah, it'll be inside the Arts Academy Facebook group and probably all over Instagram. But we're starting it again in January, and um, I just want to talk about the a thirty day challenge. Um, why you started it? What benefits were it? How exhausting is that? Because it was <laughs> hard for me to do. <laughs> Okay. I don't want to scare anyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, well, first of all, I just think that just the idea of committing, not even committing, but the idea of committing to something like that is, is scary, mm-hmm. you know? Um, also, cause I, I don't, I don't think of myself as a lazy person, but I like my downtime Yeah. and, and I need it when I'm, it's just output, output, output. Like I need, downtime. And I find that, you know, um, those 30 day challenges, um, there's just, you have a little less downtime. Um, so I started it because I had heard, I'd heard about this 30 paintings in 30 days. And the one I heard about was exactly what you're talking about, which is, it wasn't really to create, to start and finish a painting in one day, Mm -hmm. every day. It was exactly what you were doing, which is like, let's, Let's start this habit of working daily, you know? And so if you have the pressure on to do it every day, then it's nice to have the time that's a little shorter to relieve the pressure of the commitment in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, so I just thought, you know what? Like, I'm not really naturally a f- small format painter. Like, my sweet spot is like four by four feet. Yeah. And, I, and I knew I couldn't do that every day. <laughs> But I thought, what if I started and finished a single painting? Let's start them at like 12 by 12 inches and let's try that, you know? And, and I didn't even know if I could because it just was such a crazy idea. But then I just committed to it in public and, and then I was, you know, I had to. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and um, yeah, I, I managed to get myself uh, through that first um, September I did about four years ago. And, um, because I was offering smaller pieces, I wanted to do the, um, I didn't see anybody else doing this at the time, but I wanted to offer the work at 50% off. That was going to be something I did for like new collectors to kind of, you know, have the chance to, to buy one of the paintings instead of a print. And, um, and it just, it went really well. It was really well accepted or, or received, I should say. And, um, yeah, I think like 28 of them sold. And uh, yeah, I did not know my own name that month because I was so tired. (laughs) But um, but it was so it was so rewarding. And um, yeah, I was it was great. And I I was just shocked at kind of all the good that that came from this personal thing, I decided to throw it myself, you know. Yes. Um, So for me, it was a it was a lesson in maybe committing to something that makes you more uncomfortable than you would like to be or are used to being before you say yes to something, yes. you know, but I yeah. think that's really good just day to day in the studio, let alone a month like that, you know? Yeah, definitely. And you're right. It is a whole nother level when you commit to it publicly and yeah. people know that you should be posting it every day. And I'm like, Whew. oh man. And we even did it as a group. And so I like, I, partnered with uh, Arteza Art Supplies like, and they gave um, the, the winners, if they actually did it every day they gave them some art supplies or a drawing for it and so we would oh, post it in so the great. group yeah, we would post it in the group and yeah, for, for the 31 days 
I, it was just small paintings and we all did them. And yeah, I just, I just wanted to get your take on it. Um, because, and also just to hear like the good things that came from it, because a lot of people, they hear the 30 day commitment and they're like, oh no, they automatically think of scary and then they don't right. realize what it can do and how disciplined you can be. And it's just a great way to start the year or for you start the holiday season. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I think about that at the time. Yeah. 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 And I think, um, you know, and it's like, if I put myself in the position of, you know, someone who follows my work or whatever. Like I, one of my little things that I love aside from painting is I love looking at like gorgeous interior design. So if there was a designer out there that said that they were going to like reimagine this room 30 different times in 30 days, I would be all over that feed. Like, cause I, it'd be so exciting to see like, what's next, what's going to be today. Like, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. and so I, I, I think what I didn't even, didn't even cross my mind that like, just the process of posting something every single day that was new um, and that people were expecting and kind of maybe would be surprised by is like, it did build a little buzz around the whole thing. And I, I had no idea that it would do that. And, um, but you know, when I look at how I follow different feeds, it's like, I do the same thing. It gets me really excited when I, when they announce something like that. And so I think it's just, I think it's just, good to challenge yourself. Um, and that's just one of the ways that I did it for a few years. Awesome. I love it. Okay. Um, so yeah, let's, I love all that feedback and everything. Let's move on to the next question. Um, can you talk us through your painting process a little bit? Like what do you do like a, a sketch outline or what, how do you get it so realistic? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, well, uh, I use a grid sometimes, okay. actually yep. most times. Um, I learned in college to kind of, um, when we were learning perspective and trying to get things really accurate, you know, I would just hand draw that grid on my canvas. And um, I still do that for like really tight face renderings on the animals. Um, mm -hmm. So um, what I normally do first is I take, um, uh, I'm starting to use oils a little bit more. I'm mostly an acrylic painter. But so I'll take kind of a wash of color and get that down first. And I'll remove color, obviously, like where the, the brightest highlights of that animal are going to be. And then when that dries, I do a little grid and I take um, the image I'm working with in Photoshop. We're getting really technical because I know there's artists here. So I'm talking about it yeah. in a different way. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so, um, yeah, and then I lay my grid out, and the grid gets really specific, um, in, normally in the face, nose area. And um, I do a light charcoal. Um, the grid is in charcoal, and then the initial drawing is in charcoal. But then I go over that in paint as well sometimes with, like, a painted outline. And then I normally work from um, dark to light. So the darks go in first, and I kind of build up the color that way. Um, so that's something I've been doing for a really long time. I'm actually really trying to get away from my own process. Um, but it is a habit, and it's a muscle memory. And in a way, even though it's this kind of step-by-step -step process, um, I heard a long time ago, I wish I could credit the person, but they were saying, if you want to change and evolve your work, it's really hard to do that if you don't change your process. 
because if you if you go to the easel with the same process you always use, you're going to create similar work, you know. And so, so I'm trying to kind of ditch parts of my process here and there. Um, but that's typically how I would approach a painting. Um, I don't go to like a white canvas and then just start outlining stuff. Um, I like having that covered. Um, I don't know. I think it's, I don't have a problem with approaching like a blank canvas like, oh, what am I going to do? Because normally I have my idea formed. Yeah. And then I just see how close I can get to that idea. idea. Um, but lately I've been, tr I really want to be more brave in my work. And so there's a couple pieces I've been working on lately where I'm changing the process and it's changing the work in a way where I feel like I allow more experimentation and a little more um, kind of serendipitous things to happen. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I, and I, I love how you, even though you found something that works, like it's very much working for you, you're still stepping outside of your comfort zone and be like, what else could we do though? And I think that's a little bit of curiosity and a little bit of maybe getting bored with your own every day. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I know what you mean. <laughs> uh, it's also, just inevitable. I mean, like if yeah. you, if you paint something long enough, I mm -hmm. mean, I feel like I, I'm really scared at having like a formula. You know, like, okay. I don't want to be like a formula artist where like, here's my steps and here's, you can imagine it's going to be this because it's always been this. And, you know, I, I want to, I've been really trying to like, think of ways to like, let go and, and remove myself from my normal habits that way. Yeah. I love it. Um, also, I so I see photos of your studio on your Instagram. Do you uh -huh. put your canvases on the wall? Is that how you work on yeah. them? Mm -hmm. Hang on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my There's gosh. There's one there. <laughs> Look at him. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's, that's so smart, too. I was actually working on a canvas that's, like, on the other side of me last night, and it was kind of moving around on the thing, and I, was, I actually thought, I was like, maybe I should put it on the wall like Amy Hoover does. Oh, my gosh. I, when I work and on a canvas big enough where when I paint, it shakes the easel, it drives me bonkers. Like, I can't – I don't like to hold it. And paint on it. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, um, yeah this works great. I'm not supposed to put nails in the wall, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, you just moved studios, which is why you did a, a, a studio sale kind mm -hmm. of a thing. Yeah, yep. awesome. You have so much space in your studio. I love it. <laughs> oh, it's it's ridiculous. Dream. I can't, I know, I can't even believe. I, it, it's still surreal to me, and this is um, similar to the size I had. I mean, I just moved, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. And, um, I mean, I've had this type of layout this size for, I guess, coming up on four years. And it's, it's still just, I mean, a joy. I, I'm, it hasn't sunk in. Yeah. Do you just do cartwheels, like, around? Because you have so much <laughs> just to stretch out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When my back's feeling good, I, I will attempt those from time to time. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, is there anything you don't like to paint without? Um, oh, music. I cannot work without music. Yeah. Um, and, and it was just weird because sometimes I, I'll forget to turn it on and I'll be working and something will come over me like something's wrong, you know? <laughs> and, um, but it's weird. Like I know a lot of people who like to paint in silence, which I also understand. But, um, when I put music on or like a podcast or some <laughs> webinar or whatever, it's, it's like, 
initially distracting, you know, but for some reason it forces me into the work more. Like it, the distraction allows more focus. I, it's hard to explain, but, um, <laughs> and, um, you know, also if I'm trying to learn something with some podcast, I kind of figure it'll just go right into my subconscious if I'm not really listening to it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I won't have yes. to do any of the work. <laughs> right. Basically. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same as you. I listen to podcasts or books all day and it's just, I feel like it just makes it a little bit more pleasant. I don't get lost in my own thoughts, which is just, mm, eh, yeah. kind of, it can be kind of boring. I get into someone else's conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, let's see. Um, also, I kind of want to talk a little bit about your art niche. So in with animals, mm -hmm. uh, how long have you been doing animals? How did you, so you started with pet portraits, right? And so mm -hmm. did you go straight from that into all different kinds of animals? Yeah. Um, yeah. So when I, when I was a kid, like that, the, the thing I used to draw was animals. Like my sisters were drawing like little princesses in the castle, like the typical girly <laughs> yeah. stuff and um I just never drew people I always drew animals and um so when I was after graduating college I was painting whatever like I would paint landscapes and then I'd paint like some guy's shoulders from behind or whatever like whatever I wanted and um but I was all over the map and I had a gallery uh, owner tell me one day you know you you need, <laughs> he grabbed my face and he's like, focus, like <laughs> focus on something, like find something that you like enough to paint 10 of them, mm. you know? And I was like, that sounds so boring. I don't know what that would be. Cause I, get, I was so fickle. I would just bounce around. And, um, but then, um, I had this, um, my CPA, my tax guy at the time, he, uh, 75 and, for some reason, not retired. <laughs> and uh, and um, anyhow, he had these two dogs. And the first year I went to him, he said, uh, he's like, oh, you're a, you're a painter. I'm like, yeah. He's like, do you paint dogs? And I was like, no. And he said, well, why don't you paint my dogs? Because I have some people, maybe they want some dog portraits. And I'm like, okay. So we did a little trade. And then, you know, he they loved the portrait. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like I've never had anybody react like that to a painting of mine. They were very emotional. And so I thought this is something I could do. And so it was just a slow process of, you know, getting work from friends of friends and things like that. And then, so I, I literally almost did exclusively dog paintings for about 13, 14 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and I am a massive dog lover. Um, and I got so burned out, um, because at the time I didn't understand how to, how to kind of take care of myself that way. I, mm -hmm. you know, I started just doing like whatever the client wanted and, um, and they were super happy. And so that, I thought that was my job. I just, yeah. I got better at the dogs as anybody would doing anything for 15 years, but, um, but I was deeply unhappy towards the end and I thought I was going to throw in the towel completely done with art. Like I let it go that long. And so, um, but then I tried to paint something else, which felt very weird to paint for myself since everything I'd been painting, I'd paint it and ship it, paint it and ship it. And, yeah. um, and so I ended up painting this, this big goat. <laughs> 
And it, it just reinvigorated me. And then I started doing a farm animal series. So that's when cows came Ooh. into my world. And I was like, well, these are almost like dogs, but they're not. So it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, and then um, that was the farm animal series. And then after that, I just thought, well, let's see what else is out there. And, you know, I kind of reintroduced myself to the entire animal kingdom. And, you know, I mean, there's just unending stuff to be done. You know, it's just, there's just yeah. so much to choose from. And for me, like sometimes the weirder, the better. So I get really excited when I get, um, like I got a commission for a capybara, which is, they're those enormous rodents that are dog size um, <laughs> oh. from a client in Australia. It was so much fun. Um, so yeah, so now I, you know, I mean, I love beautiful animals, but I also love the really kind of weird, odd ones that aren't represented in fine art that much and so yeah. I'm gonna next year I'm definitely gonna try to do my part in bringing some of those <laughs> into the four <laughs> yeah definitely yeah. Uh, is there a certain animal that you paint the most or a paint or a painting that sells the most huh so like um, if you painted like a lion is that do you know that's an instant seller or yeah let me see gosh um I think yeah, people people tend to love the big cats for sure. Um, I I feel like I'm always surprised. You know, um, people love goats. Goats. <laughs> Who I mean, love I, goats? <laughs> I know. I I love goats. I just the shape of them. I just find them really pleasing to paint because they have a lot of different things going on. You know, they have mm -hmm. like round bellies but bony little hips, <laughs> and um, I just think it's, they're great to paint. But um, yeah, I, people love the big cats, um, and oh, birds. That's birds? my that's my official answer. If I can go back, birds. Okay, <laughs> birds, birds are the best. <laughs> so, like parrots or hawks or eagles or what? Yes, and all of them. <laughs> just birds. <laughs> okay, I've actually painted everything you just mentioned, and they go. <laughs> awesome. That's amazing. Um, Christine commented here lately, and just to read a couple of comments, she's in the Artist Academy Advanced Group, and she commented that she loves your work and that your uh, your animal portraits have really inspired her. Thank you, a, Christine. That's very yeah. sweet. <laughs> yes. We've got a couple others that they definitely agree that the Audible <laughs> um, or the audiobooks are the way to go, and... Um, we have one that says your art is beautiful and very dynamic and it is, it's very contrasted, which I love. Thank you. And thanks to everyone for all the kind words. That's super nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like, um, I feel like I kind of go back and forth. Um, I, I do like having, um, kind of dynamic poses for some paintings and then for instance i just did um a goat that's like leaping in midair so he's just in space but then and that was a dynamic um but now the that brahmin calf i'm painting is very calm very staid very relaxed you know so i kind of mm -hmm. go back and forth with that stuff yeah um christine actually actually says i'm curious about where you find your reference photos uh, she has a hard time finding photos that have dy dynamic or sorry dramatic lighting do you yeah so this is it's funny um i can always tell uh it's an artist asking <laughs> ask me where to find my photos it's so funny <laughs> um it's a really good question um i will go deep online like i will look at 10 20,000 photos online i mean 
And, and when I find something um, that I'm really drawn to, uh, I would say 99% of the time I'm able to reach the photographer and I ask for permission. And I, it's something I believe strongly in because that's their art, that's their living, or even if they're an amateur, it's still their art. I mean, amateur as in they're not a professional photographer, um, maybe it's their side hustle, you know? And so I really do my best to find them and ask for permission. So I feel that that's worth mentioning. Um, yeah, definitely. It's, it's so easy to just grab an image you know, off the web. Um, I've actually had my uh, paintings stolen a lot, like the, the, the images of them, and um, printed on T-shirts, on rugs, on, I mean, you name it, I've had to send cease and desist letters. <laughs> but, um, so I, I try to be really good about that. But yeah, so I actually find them online, and, um, and through this process of, of speaking to photographers all over the world, like I have this awesome stable of photographers where so if I'm looking for an aardvark um, there's people <laughs> I can email and go hey have any aardvarks because if I really like their style you know um, yeah. I feel like if I wasn't a painter I would be a either a photographer or an interior designer <laughs> and um, I always think that like you know my skill level as a photographer is not as high as theirs and if I could have access to being two feet away from a warthog and amazing, well, I don't I guess you don't need amazing equipment anymore. You need an iPhone. You're good. <laughs> right. But, um, but yeah, so if I, if I had that, that's what I would be doing for all my work. Um, but being able to, um, kind of have this symbiotic relationship with photographers allows me to spend more time in the studio yeah. rather than like, you know, scrambling somewhere to go find a pelican. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Christina, so it's mostly, um, through photographers and not really one website. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, let's see what well, somebody asked. Um, Zach asked, have you ever tried painting a whale? He's currently making a whale sculpture. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, no, but that is on the agenda for next year. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like excited. on a really big canvas or, <laughs> um, I hope so. Yeah. I, I, I can't, probably can't swing you around to show you right now, but I just finished uh, a manta ray commission. Oh. So um, that's actually going out in the newsletter tomorrow, and I'll post that on IG probably tomorrow too. Awesome. Yeah. Um, let's see. Do you – see. are there any art lessons that you've learned the hard way? I feel like they're all learned the hard way. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. The nature of lessons. Um, but let's see. I mean, I've, I've learned some lessons as far as like maybe use, not uh, using materials correctly, um, not storing artwork properly, and then pulling out a painting from 10 years ago and there's just mold all over the back. Um, I, think, I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned it's more of a, I think more of a business answer, if that's okay. That's um, what we're about usually. Okay. Okay. So a couple of things. One, um, I have a rule where I do not mark a painting as sold unless it's paid for. <laughs> Ooh. So, um, cause I've had a few times where someone said, I, you know, I have a new piece and it, let's say it's a more of an investment. It's a big, large piece and they're, they love it. And I'm so glad and they want to buy it. I'm like, great. 
the, you know, you send the invoice and goodbye. Like that's happened twice in my entire career. So that's not a lot, okay. but it, but it, but you know, what happens is if you, if you kind of announce or publicly mark something as sold and it's not actually purchased technically, you know, you have people who might want that and then you say, Oh, I'm so sorry. It's, it's spoken for and they'll go and find whatever else that they love and buy that. And then you're kind of left in the lurch and like, Oh, did you still want this? No. <laughs> you know? um, I, but I mean, that's a very small part of, of probably the lesson learning. But another one um, is to just, I think there's been, it hasn't happened a lot, maybe a couple of times when I was doing the dog portraits, but I think when I was, I would get contacted by a potential client and my gut told me from the beginning that this might be a little too much work based on maybe the tone of the email or, or maybe uh, getting the initial sense that even if I did my best work, I don't know if they would be happy. Mm -hmm. um, I would say I learned a lesson maybe to trust my gut on that and to um, kind of move forward with people I feel would, I just know might be more happy with the result. Um, again, that's only happened like twice in my life, but, but um, the clients who say, you know, if I say, let's say they want to hire me to paint um, a lion. And I'm like, okay, so here's my process. Um, I'm going to do some research and then I'll present you with like a few different options, blah, blah, blah. Like the clients who say, oh my gosh, no, do whatever you want. Like we leave it to you. This is your job. We'll be happy with whatever. Like that is an amazing thing to hear from yeah. a client. And so I think as I've kind of developed my career, I have more of those people, which is awesome. Um, just the trust. Like to me, that's just such an honor that, we might have not even spoken on the phone, you know, it's just emails and, and they're investing a sizable amount of money and they want me to do what I do. It's just, I mean, to me, that's just, that's the best scenario. That is the best. That's amazing. And, yeah. and really they kind of, they feel like they know you because they see you on online either <laughs> on Instagram because it, it's kind of a weird thing. Like I follow like you and a couple, just several artists where you, you get an in, you see their studio, you see this and you feel like you know them. And that's, I mean, the beauty of the internet. It's amazing. Yeah. And the algorithm, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, another, another thing that just came to mind too is, um, I had, my gosh, uh, probably three different clients come to me uh, maybe between five and ten years ago who wanted to do a commission, and um, they actually came to me after hiring another artist to do the same thing, but the experience was so terrible that they came to me and then did it again, like they hired me after. And so I always mm -hmm. say, one, I feel like, yes, I'm a painter, but I feel like I'm, I'm naturally just like a customer service person. Like I'm, that's really important to me. So like for people who want to turn this into a business and who feel like commissions will be a part of that, I always say just like, just overwhelm them with the best customer service you can. Do exactly what you say you're going to do. Do it on time. Like be professional. And I mean, I, and people have told me like, well, we were going to go with this other artist, but she never emailed me back. 
And I was like, wow. <laughs> like, well, her loss, I guess. But, um, but yeah, so that's what I always say is like the lesson is to make the experience of working with you the best possible thing because, you know, this way they're going to hang that painting on the wall and they go, well, here's the painting, but my gosh, like what, how fun it was to even do this, you know? I just think like creating the best possible experience you can for them um, is, is a huge, huge thing. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever shopped on Zappos, like for shoes ever. Um, mm -hmm. It's this like, you know, giant shoe place. Um, and they, they made a decision a while ago that they're going to be like a customer service company that happens to sell shoes. And I think that's so smart. Yes, I've actually heard about them uh, on a podcast. They were an example of yep. something that were, they were like, yeah, we're a customer service company that just, yeah, they just happen to sell shoes. And it's just, yeah, that's, you're so right. Like anytime I have a dispute with any company and they just kind of, okay, we'll just send you another one. I'm like, I am going to shop with you forever. That's very <laughs> smart. Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. And I, it's, I love that you're saying this because I just recorded a podcast episode over exactly what you just said. Just like, you know, show up, do what you say you're going to do. And then you're going to, cause I like you, I get so many mural jobs from people that are like, Hey, you know, we, we tried to hire two artists before you, but one ignored us for three months. And then I don't know. And then what well, I actually had a call of someone saying that they had an artist show up. They did part of the job and was like, sorry, we can't finish this and left. And yeah, oh I was like, gosh. <laughs> yeah. So I came in, I looked like a shining star for doing just the normal thing. And they're like, thank you so much. I'm like, yeah, you no saved problem. the day. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, kind of. Yeah, but just, just, uh, yeah, you're right. Like other artists, I think it's just like having that discipline in yourself to, to be your own boss and just show up when you say you're going to show up. Because a lot of people will show up if they have someone telling them to, like at a, a normal nine to five job. But when it comes to your own self, sometimes people are like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that later or whatever. But no, just like you yeah. said. Yeah. And I think I, um, I feel like I had this idea that people thought all artists are flakes. And so yeah. when I decided to go full time, I'm like, I'm going to prove that so untrue. They're not even going to know what hit them. <laughs> you yes. know? So I, I feel it. like I had this chip on my shoulder about that, that I, I didn't want to be lumped in. So that's where <laughs> that started. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Whatever motivates is what I say. But yeah, yeah, that's, that's awesome. I just love to hear that you are also an entrepreneur and business person behind it. Cause I think the a lot of people, especially outside of the art world, they don't put the two together. They're like, oh, you just hang out and paint all day. It's like, no. <laughs> so you saying all that you're saying, and like, it just reiterates what a lot of people maybe don't know that are starting out as a hobby artist and what they need to do. And someone yeah. who's been in it for a while and is doing really well, um, you still do it daily and just you still mm -hmm. give them the best experience they can. And so I think that's a really great takeaway for anybody that's watching as well. Um, so I'm just going to do one more question. Uh, so we're Almost, we've almost been on here for an hour and I like to just try to only take an hour of your time. Okay. So um, is there any advice that you would give artists who want to make art their full-time career, but don't know where to start, like a good starting point for them? Um, I would say, I, I, I'll go back to what I said before and sorry if it's redundant, but like no. yeah. start the practice of, of well, having that daily practice. Um, hmm build the discipline in and, and by discipline, I don't want to be like, Oh, it's not fun or anything, but like, um, go play with your paints a half an hour. Like you, you know what I mean? Every day. Um, also, um, I think, you know, the, the, 
what I want to do is I want to create the best work I possibly can. And there's absolute, this is the bummer of it all, but there is no shortcut. It's practice. It's putting in the time. And I think that's, it's hard to hear. I think for people who are much younger than me, who uh, there's kind of a lot of instant stuff going on and a lot of people want to be discovered or whatever. And, and maybe that will happen, but it's not something you should bet on. And, I think if you, if you want to do this, I think you have to have a really strong why. Like, do you absolutely love this? Are you going to continue to do it if it gets difficult? You know, are you going to meet your client's deadline when you don't feel like painting? Like, mm -hmm. I think any starting point is just to, you know, play and experiment and discipline yourself to do a little bit each day. And not only that, will that build in the habit of what we're out here doing every day, um, just, you know, doing the work, but, um, you'll get better. I mean, it, it will happen. <laughs> and then by the time you're ready to make the switch, you're going to have like a really nice, you know, body of work to show, um, for your efforts, you know? So I think it's just practice, experiment, and just, you know, enjoy it. Like I, I still enjoy what I do. I don't enjoy all of what I do, but there's joy every day some, at some point in the studio. Yes, amazing. So what I heard from that is do a 30-day challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a shorter, much more concise answer. Do a 30-day challenge, join the Artist Academy. And like, obviously, like, you know, having that kind of support, I mean, you know, the, the life of an artist, at least for me, is like you are alone in your studio every day. Um, I, you know, I'm someone who can handle a lot of alone time, so that works for me. But, um, but to have have this kind of community now that wasn't available to me when I was starting out is so huge, you know. And so I'll I'll throw that in there too. It's like you know, get around people who are doing the same thing as you, or and also try to connect to those who are a little further down the path that might be able to like guide you a little bit and and help you out which is actually what what you're totally doing yeah. with all this so um so yeah thanks for for sharing all your knowledge with everybody here yeah no yeah thank you because that is exactly what i'm doing on here getting you and other artists too that are doing really well and just kind of dissecting it a little bit giving some tips but ultimately like you said it is, does come down to the discipline and the hours that you have to put in there's really no shortcut so i just love that you said that but i love also that you just said literally all the little tips in here too there's so many takeaways from this and i just want to thank you for taking time out of your day to come on here and talk with us i know that you've inspired the several people that are watching this and you're <laughs> a, an amazing influence to several of the artist academy members and me and a lot of people who are listening to the podcast and watching this will be available in podcast form in a week and i'll send you an email with all of the things um for you to view it share it whatever you'd like uh can you so in true podcast form um <laughs> can you so i'm like for the people who are not watching you on instagram right now can you tell us how to reach you your website instagram uh what's the best way sure um this is thanks again i'll talk to you later this episode is sponsored by the Artist Academy Advanced Membership, a program for artists who want to up-level their art game by taking it from a hobby or a side hustle to a full-time art business. 
I've been a professional artist for over five years with paintings in several different countries and a client list that includes high profile companies such as Bass Pro, O'Reilly's, Duck Commander, and many, many more. So I figured out what it takes to build an art business. And now my heart is set on teaching aspiring artists like you to do the same. Go to advancedmember.com. That's advancedmember.com to learn more. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Also, if you ever want to join us live and have your questions answered in real time by myself or featured guests, then just hop on over to facebook.com slash groups slash Artist Academy every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. And I'll see you next week.